Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower you to collaborate while taking big actions. With your co-hosts, wellness team, Chris and Lisa Lupo, recruiting genius, Jennifer Rojas, credit master, Valerie James, the recovery expert, Dave Cook, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. Hey, 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 good morning. How's it going? Happy Tuesday. <laughs> What's up, David? Hey, I just wanted everybody to know we had the battle of the chairs and I won. Oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I was going to give it to you anyway. Yeah, I know you were. I Thank know. you. I did my best. I even tried tricking you out of the seat so I could get it. No way. Happen. So we have a fun studio with Robin producing, and I always sit in the same seat. And for some reason, David got here earlier than me and took my seat. But I'm not mad. It's okay. Next week, there's always next week when I won't be here, and then you won't have to worry about well, it. That's right. You won't. We Where are you heading of, to? Um, well, I'll be in town, but I won't be here. I have a conference at 9 o'clock that I'm participating in. Oh, we'll have in. to come to you then. You could do that. Which conference is it? It's um, learning how to um, develop my strategy for the nonprofit 100 Pedals. Hmm, tell me more. That I'm being kinda, taken to that task. That was a good taster, but what's going I'm on there? I'm being taken to task for having um, high dreams but not having high execution um, plans. So we're going we're gonna to bring the dreams to the street and put some work into it. Wow. So is that like serious calls? Are you going to be mocking some stuff? Uh, yeah, it's going to be um, basically mapping out the strategy. You, you, know, you had the pl- pl- pleasure of seeing a preview of it, but uh, taking that vision and saying, okay, what are the tactical steps that need to happen next to make this happen so that we can start doing this? Because 100 puddles is a magical thing, but it's um, we're not doing a lot of work by intention. We're doing a lot of work by just happenstance. Mm. It's time to... It's time to amp it up. After seven years, it's time to amp it up. So intention. Wow. Yep. I like that. I like actions. It's funny because we were talking about the intro for the show today. And one of the big things that this actually really created in my life is like the actions that it takes. So it's like certain calls. It's like the scoreboard. It's like how many calls does it take to actually create something that's different? And it's those actions that really make the difference. So having a team, like having actions that we can all take on really makes a big difference. So it Lisa does. took on some amazing Lisa's here too Lisa Lupo what's up what's up what's up she's actually doing some uh, digital funness I mean she created the the fun image for today's show she did one for Bryce last week and it looks like something that she's taken on hopefully for the rest of the show yes which is really awesome yeah, yeah. I didn't know you had that had what the skills mm-hmm. I just kind of you know I just kind of figure it out as I go really play around see what looks good it looked great if it works did you see it? Great. Mm-hmm. If it does, I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, That's have right. fun. She's like, no big deal. That's right. Well, it's in there. So she's, oh, look at this. It just <laughs> popped out. I got it. <laughs> it's actions. Yeah. It's fun to see how all of us have a, a different um, take to marketing. Like, I, I noticed Dave has a great way with writing. So you just, like, produce the name of the shows and what's created. I love it. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the book is out. I know. How's that going? Good so far. So far. You know, it's only been a week, but uh, it's been awesome. Sent out a bunch of the books this weekend. Even somebody from high school, you know, 50 years ago or whatever, 45 years ago, wrote me and said, can you send me a copy? And then somebody else wrote and said, I already got my copy. It's funny how you know, people, awesome. you know, I went to high school, you know, in the Midwest. And so I don't know how I'm connected to some people sometime. And then when they say, I got your book, it's like, really? You know, that's awesome when Very people cool. show up like that. So we're excited. 
I think that's what you want, just to let it take flight. I do. I yeah. do. But that, see, that's back to strategy. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole on this, but that's the whole idea of strategy is I'd love to think, see things just kind of evolve. Mm-hmm. But the idea being is if I completely allow that to be the whole thing is then everything has its natural flow. But I do need to start with a place of saying this is the direction I envision us going so that I can you know navigate that course to some level of, like we used the word before, intention. Otherwise, everything is just a kind of a wing and a prayer, and that's t- to the other extreme. You know, I don't have a desire to control everything at all, but I don't at the same time to let everything just be up to happenstance. That's that's not very healthy either. Mm, that's a big word, though, control. Well, it's a misnomer. It's a silly word. It's a silly word, but everybody loves to think that they have it, and they try to use it, and they try to do it. But the reality is we have control over two things and only two things. Dying? Our attitude and our oh, effort. I thought it was dying. <laughs> you don't even have control. control. You know, no, we you, don't have we control. Don't have, we know it's happening. Yeah, we know we, know we will die. Happen. So that we've kind of, you know, but it depends on how you face that reality. But truth of the matter, we have an, our attitude and our effort. Everything else is beyond our control. Our attitude and our effort. Yeah. What do you think, Lisa? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's you're only in control of how you show up in life. You're really, you know, you're not in control of what anyone else does. You're not in control of sometimes the things that come to you and happen in life and... I think when you can release control and you can release the grip on that and trying to kind of kind of move things in the direction that you always want them to go, there's freedom in that, you know, just being able to release and let that. go. Yeah. And that and I think that that's the that's the beauty of it, because then you say, OK, what are you going to focus on? Focus on what you control. And like you said, is, is OK, so what do I control? How I show up every day? Yep. The energy and the effort and the intensity and the commitment, whatever silly words you want to apply to that, you know, the you know, words. That's it. I'm going to show up and be who I know I can be, be yep. who I've been called to be, be I've been designed to be. That, That's it. And I have control. Of it. So the, the challenge is really being the best me I can be every day. Yep. And I think sometimes, too, we think that, you know, we feel certain ways because of what someone else said or did, not realizing that we have 100 percent control over how we react to things mm-hmm. and that we are responsible for how we feel. And a lot of times we're pointing the finger at others saying, you made me feel this way. You put me in a bad mood. You did this. And it's really looking at that and taking ownership for, no, you have control over how you choose to respond. Mm -hmm. And you can choose love or you can choose anger or you can choose, you know, any number of emotions. But you have to take ownership for the choice that you're making. Mm -hmm. You know, because until you take ownership for the choices that you're making, you don't have the power within you to shift, Mm -hmm. to make a change, right? So, yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting you talk about that because I've had this discussion, you know, and I'm hoping my dad doesn't listen to this podcast, but he probably will. Yeah, call him. But we've had this discussion and he said, and I used to tell him happiness is a choice and he debated that I was wrong. He believes that happiness is somebody gives you happiness. Interesting. You're entitled to somebody. Somebody has the responsibility to give you happiness. I said, dude, you are like, No, happiness is a choice. It's how you choose to respond to the things in life, whether they're and how you carry them forward. I mean, you know, he's got stuff that he's been carrying for forty years in his life, and what it's doing is it just becomes an anchor, weighs him down, yeah. packs it in a knapsack, and drags it around with him all day long. But well, I can relate. What's that? That's his view. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Someone told me yesterday, like if you put a six down on a table and someone's across from you, mm-hmm. they'll see a nine. Yeah. You'll see yep. six. Perception, yeah. So yeah. maybe that's his perception of it what is happiness his perception. is. Yeah. And but that's how sad. he sees it. 
but the, you know, but the thing is, is that when, you know, not to beat him up, cause that's really not why I brought that up as a, but as an example, but that's the whole idea is, is that how do we then recognize, um, what's getting in our way, the things, the stories that we're telling ourselves and how do we release that? It's a great question. How do we do that? I always love the, the idea. And, and this is something that I worked on. I can relate to your dad because I was there at one point of looking at life is happening to me. Yeah. Right. Instead of I'm creating my life, yeah. I'm in the creation of whatever I choose and really getting that, really understanding that, you know, you have the power within you to shift your mindset, to shift the way that you look at things, you know, to shift the lens that you're looking through instead of seeing the obstacle or seeing the impossibility, seeing, you know, a challenge, seeing the gift in a challenge or seeing the blessing in a, in a challenge or an obstacle and, and looking at it from a positive standpoint it shifts your whole life because you realize you gain you gain control back mm-hmm. in your life and and again control in how you show up and how you operate right. and how you see the world and how you interact with people and so, like, so many people are in that place and i get it cuz i you know i was there and it's it's you can relate you know it's 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 I a think, tough place to be I think, I think most of us have been there at some point in yeah. time you know um I get it. You know, I used to, and I love the way you said that is, is that life is happening to me. It's all, yeah, here we go again. And then whatever story trails off of that, this is another example of, and here we go. And that's the story I'm going to tell And this. Here's all the, and Lisa and I, we've had this discussion over coffee a couple of times. Here's examples of all the times that people, (laughs) and, and you said, how do you, how do you catch yourself? Well, that's the idea is that you have somebody around you whether it's yourself or whatever is they're they're bouncing your words back at you do you think you yourself will catch that every time i don't i um because I've, I've had a couple of discussions with you that uh you've caught me in some well that's the idea of friends though is that the, that's the reverberation um you know whether you know, we, you know we've talked about selfless listening before but that's the reverberation is is that how do i hear my words how do I hear my behaviors or my, you know, because, you know, our behaviors are manifestations of our words. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that if we're having coffee, we're having an intense conversation. You know, obviously, if I'm riding in the car and I'm you know complaining about life, I'm probably not necessarily going to hear myself speaking out loud until I, unless I've become well aware of the power of my words or the toxicity in my words. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting and having coffee with a friend and you're kibitzing and you're carrying on and all of a sudden you go into this lament. And they say, really? Okay, let me hear it. This You said this, 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 and this. Do you really believe that? Well, and I don't even know if that's even available with friends always. Like, there has to be a common, like, I don't even know if, I, uh, trust. Well, that's <laughs> There what, has to be trust. Okay, there's friends and there's trusted friends, but we also surround ourselves with people that we trust. Yeah. You know, and, and we hope think, so. Well, and that's the thing is, is that back to the, you know, and I don't want to hog the time, so I'm going to stop talking after this comment. But um, you're going to stop talking. Yeah. After for a while. <laughs> Did you write that down? Yes. <laughs> but that's that's the thing is, is that sometimes we surround ourselves with friends that make us feel safe. Yeah. Well, and, and we the, can joke with one another. Like sometimes yeah. I'll well, say that's something. The idea. Like, can we? Did can, you really just say that? Yeah. Like, can oh. I? But I surround myself with people that give me energy. Mm. And the people that give me energy aren't necessarily people that make me feel safe. What I realize is they interrupt me, they move me, they make me think, they challenge me. Those are the people that I really want to spend more time with. I don't need to sit around with a bunch of fans and say, oh, my gosh, Dave, you're so wonderful. That's great for, what, 15 minutes? And then you say, okay, now, so what? You know, and I'm going to honor that. But at the same time, okay, 
but I'm in a place where I need to grow, expand, be challenged, think about things, see things differently, et cetera, et cetera. So I need around, need to be around people who are going to present new views, new ideas, challenge me, get in my face that move me to, um, keep me moving forward in life. Otherwise I'm going to stagnate. If you surround yourself with yes, people, big deal. What would you say to the, to the idea of having, understanding different people's roles in your life and understanding that you have friends who, you know, it's, it's a small talk. It's the catch up. Hey, how's the kids? Da, 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 right. And that brings out some sort of, it, it gives value to your life in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you have those people that you have deeper friendships with that, that what they so do what you just said, which is they provoke you, they challenge you, they get you to think deeper. And it's that, it's that deeper level conversation. It's the, it's putting the BS aside and saying, let's go deep and let's talk about what really matters. Mm-hmm. Like what excites you? What are you passionate about? What are you doing in the world? Who do you want to be remembered as? You know, what's the legacy you're leaving? And those types of questions. And it's just, it doesn't mean that these friends are not great or whatever. It just means that their roles are different Mm -hmm. in your life, right? And I've just become so open to that recently and understanding that not every friend is going to fill every single box for you. That, you know, your friends have different, where you might have the friend that goes and does yoga with you. And you have the friend that, that does the deep conversation with you. And you have the friend that goes on road trips with you. And they may not all be filling all of those boxes but it's it's so amazing when you can see the person for who they are in your life and what they they give and seeing the blessing in okay this is my coffee person yeah finding, we may and, not and go find, deep and find gratitude in that exactly you know it's a yeah. beautiful thing yeah yeah because everybody's in your life for a reason yep uh, i wholeheartedly agree embrace that yes they all have roles lisa does yeah. a lot of that with your clients too right going deep yeah. Let's Sometimes go I don't want to talk about, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I love is I love the getting underneath the shit, right? Like the surface level stuff and really asking questions that provoke thought, questions that make people really have to dig deep and go, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I acting this way? Why am I still here year after year after year? And really taking a look at it. And, you know, it's funny because in the coaching that Chris and I do, it's, It's challenging to go there with people sometimes and it can be uncomfortable, but you know that on the other side of that, if you can open someone up, that it's it's growth for them and it's an opportunity for them to step into who they're meant to be. And so, you know, a lot of times, especially in the work we do with around wellness and and transforming, helping people transform their lives, a lot of times there's, you know, people that want to release weight. They want to, you know, they want to lose 50 pounds, for example, just just to give you one example. But it's not about the 50 pounds. It's about what the 50 pounds is preventing them from doing in their life. It's about, I can't get down on the floor and play with my kids. It's about, you know, my husband and I or my wife and I aren't intimate because I'm self-conscious. It's about, I'm hiding behind my kids in pictures and it, it doesn't feel good. It's about, I'm depressed every morning when I wake up and I get dressed. So, okay, now it's no longer about the 50 pounds. Now they've gotten so deep into their why Mm -hmm. and they understand this isn't about the 50 pounds. This is about what the 50 pounds is preventing me from doing and being in my life. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the commitment is because now they're no longer just focused on a number. They're focused on a meaning of why. Like, what does this mean for my life and my family and my kids and my career and all of it, my relationships? And so those questions are so important because until you get underneath the stuff, you get below the 50 pounds, the, the, that number, you really can't identify what someone's driving force is going to be, you know, because yeah. it's the, just so hung up on this surface level thing of, well, the scale. 
Yeah. Right? Or or affirmation or I'm doing it so that somebody else changes the way they interface with me and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, the, the why is so important. Mm-hmm. I love the way the way you explained that. Um, you know, years ago when I, after I did the, I did a hundred day challenge where I challenged myself to ride my bike for an hour a day for a hundred days in a row. And the reason I did that was twofold was well, number one, how do I create an environment for myself when I'm strong for my son, when he's present and stronger for me when he's not. Yeah. And then the second one was, as I'm asking my son to envision a world where he never uses drugs for the rest of his life when he can't figure out how to do it one day. So why don't I challenge myself to do something that is out there that seems to be, you know, not an impossible task, but certainly a daunting task. And so that was the focus. And so now it wasn't about, you know, riding my bike to change my life. It was riding my bike to change my life in this way. Mm. And that shift, you know, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the, the you know, I could say, yeah, I challenged myself to ride my bike for an hour a day for a hundred days. So what? Well, cause I, after the hundred day, I can tell you, see, I did it. No, I was going for the experience of doing this thing for a reason yeah the journey it's a journey yeah yeah Yeah. and it's big different and funny thing is is after i got done i challenged uh, i didn't challenge i opted out on facebook but a bunch of people jumped on i said what's going to be your 100 day challenge and i had about 15 people do some stuff and of course they did the silly b-hags i'm going to run five miles a day for the next 100 days and they haven't run a mile in (laughs) five years and then i had a couple others that said i'm going to learn something new every day and of course i looked at this and i you know, I you know, it was Dave in sheer judgment mode. Sorry, I apologize to my friends who I did that to, but I said, okay, these people are going to fail and these people are going to succeed, or we'll see where it takes them. Because the BHAGs were, you know, they'll lose 50 pounds so yep. that other people notice how wonderful I am, mm-hmm. lose 50 pounds lighter. And the people who looked at this and said, I'm going to do this because it's an adventure or it's going to change my life, I'm going to see how it changes my life. They just embraced it and drilled down. Yeah. You wow, know? that's so cool. We had a similar, I have a similar kind of story to just kind of going back to the same topic of being in the pursuit of, you know, when you're in the pursuit of a recognition or a title or a trophy or a, uh, you know, some sort of badge, right? When you're in the pursuit of that, which is fine, you can be in the pursuit of that. But what happens when you get there? If the attachment to the journey and the attachment to the process is just about what you're going to get when you get there, then what happens when you get there, right? And because we're in this pursuit thinking we're going to be happier, we're going to be healthier, we're going to be wealthier, we're going to be better, we're going to be all of these things. But then we get there when we realize, oh, wait a second, I, have, I haven't arrived. Like there's still more life to live. Like there's still more I can do. And that's where we really encourage people to, to really get committed to and, and put your, your passion and your fire and your drive into the journey of what you're creating, not what you're going to get. Because the things that you're going to get, that's great, right? At the end of your life, you're not going to be talking about your trophies. Mm-hmm. You're going to be talking about the journey, the experience, the people, right? Well, yeah, what I learned along the way about myself exactly. and others. Yeah, so powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. It's funny because, you know, you run, you know, and I've done a couple of marathons and some other things, and you get the you get the badge, and then it's like, okay, now what? Next, what's next? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and then, you know, and, and then a couple times I stopped, one time I stopped running for a month, and they said, take your rest, but I took my rest, and I lost my zest for running, because it's like, well, what else am I going to do? I was like, well, I've already done that, and so I was running for the the finish line, not running for the running, right? and all the other stuff, the benefits, the meditational or physical benefits that came, I was running for the running of the finish line, like, yeah. across the finish line, now what? 
Yeah, and then how do you, you know, do you end up reverting back? Oftentimes we see this, we, people end up reverting back to old habits because they were so in the pursuit of this, this recognition or whatever it was that they were shooting for that they didn't actually do the, the internal work that is going to keep them moving forward in the pursuit of greatness, personal excellence, whatever it is that they're, you know, that they're going after in life. And yeah, I just kind of, you lose, you lose sight of what's really important. And, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of times people just kind of bounce back and they revert back to those old habits and they go, oh, now I'm back here again, you know? And, then and it's, it's harder to start breaking those habits the second time around, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, when you're working with people at, you know, and talk, I don't know if that's really true, but from personal experience, I found that, you know, if it's, we'll just use the weight loss example, such an easy one, you know, you lose 20 pounds and then, you know, two years later, you realize you've gained 25, you know, yep. guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh crap, I got to do that. And the, and the knowing the time, effort and energy that went into it seems twice as hard the second time around because it's like, oh yeah, I've been there. Oh crap. I failed. I screwed up. Now I got to do this. Oh, I hate doing it. It was so much work. And, you know, how do, how do you navigate that with people who, you know, kind of reverse or reverberate back to where they were and try to start over again? You know, it's two things. So, number one, I, I challenge people to look at the word failure because failure is, is how you get to success, right? You fail your way forward. There's, you know, nobody ever, I mean, when you learned how to ride a bike, did you succeed on the first try? No, you, you got on the bike and you probably fell over and you tried again and you tried again. When a baby's learning to walk, right, you don't go hey, you idiot, you can't walk. Like, no, you let the baby keeps trying, right? Mm-hmm. Until it gets, it figures it out, right? And that's how we should be, right? As adults, like, watch the baby. The baby doesn't give up and say, oh, I'm not walking. Yeah. It knows innately that if I fail enough times, I'm eventually going to get it, right? And so I challenge people to look at that word failure differently and see it as a huge blessing because the more times you fail, the closer you are to success, the closer you are to an awakening, a, a, a you know, over getting over the hump, growing all of that and the other thing is is the the biggest thing that we do in the work that we do that we've actually just realized in the last couple years in in being in this industry fitness and health working with people transformation all of that is that you can have the physical side and you can have the nutrition and all of that but if you don't have the mindset that goes with it you're going to revert back to old habits because this is your your mind is your operating system right it's like the computer program so it's been programmed year after year after year with the beliefs and the experiences that you've had and other people's beliefs and mm-hmm. experiences and things you've been told. And we're operating from that place. And oftentimes it's not moving us in the direction that we want to be. So we stay stuck. And, you know, we may go to the gym and do the workout or eat the right foods. But if we really don't believe that we're worthy and if we really don't believe that, you know, we're you know not destined for illness or to be overweight i mean a lot of people have these stories about well i'm just overweight well i'm just big boned or i'm just this or my family's always been like this or whatever and that's just a story that's Mm -hmm. just a belief and a belief is just a thought that we just keep thinking right and that's all it is we we cement the thought over time yeah that's very good yep absolutely so mindset is just key i mean it's it's the it's the foundation i believe in transformation is that it's it's at the foundation of long-term transformational wellness is is working on yourself the inner work the mental emotional spiritual work on the daily basis to keep yourself focused on not only why you're doing it but who you are Mm -hmm. and really getting back to who you are the essence of who you are not just this physical body but 
you know, your, your spirit, who you are, your energy. Right. You show up, you know, in front of somebody. What do they think about you, right? You, you know, your energy. You can tell when you meet somebody. It's like, wow, that person's energy. Yeah, we're yeah, that's you know, we're we're attracted to it. We're repelled, repelled by it. We're curiosity, curious about it. Yes. You know, that kind of whatever, however it presents and shows up. Back to uh, something that Elise asked earlier. So, what? Um, well, similar question, but you know, along the line of mindset. So, we're like looking at somebody, and you you're talking to them, you're engaging people in the whole idea of transformation, and they're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come to you because they know they're not where they want to be. So, there's a huge gap. Their mindset isn't right, but their dreams and aspirations for transformation is there. How do you help them navigate? Um, a toxic, stuck, whatever mindset. So you, typically, what we do, and um, Chris and I work together, is we, you know, we have a questionnaire we have people fill out, and that's that's the first step. Is we get a really good reading on where someone is mentally when they're coming into this. A lot of times they think they're 100 percent committed. A lot of times they think they're all in. They want to have this transformation, and the idea of it sounds really good, and they want to be committed, but they just don't have what it takes at that moment to make the change, to make the sacrifices, to push aside the things that have been priorities in their life in order to put themselves first. And so typically what we do, and and I've done this before, is I'll literally, I will tell someone if I don't think they're ready, if I think that they need to do some thinking about this, about what they really want and what is your why. And let's, let's work a little deeper on that and figuring out, you know, there's that whole saying of, there's the pain of change and there's the pain of staying the same, right? And when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, you change. And unfortunately, it takes most people to get to that rock bottom, painful place where they have no other choice, where they're up against a wall. Not everybody, but in a lot of cases, it takes that in order for them to go, I have to change. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's it's bad news right it's mm-hmm. it's an illness or it's something where they're they literally are up, up against a wall and so in the work that we do if we do bring on a client that we say hey you know we you know you're ready like let's do this but we need to start with this mindset work it's starting very basic and chris is really really good at this and he basically guides people through basic stuff gratitude it starts with gratitude because if you're not grateful for the things that you have in your life now there's no way you're going to attract more you can't become more, you can't attract more, you can't be more if you're not grateful for who you are and where you are and what you have. And so we just believe that it all starts there and, and it's simple, right? It's a matter of take five minutes, basic, take five minutes and just write down five things you're grateful for. And I'll be honest, the first time I ever did this, someone encouraged me to do years ago and I literally struggled. I mean, I was I was like, I, I don't know. I was in such a negative mindset. It was like, I don't know what I'm grateful for. Like, I don't know. I was just like making things up. And it gets easier and easier. And we tell people that, you know, we're totally transparent. We say, you know what? The first time I did this, I literally couldn't barely think of two things. So start with the things that you know in your life. You're grateful for your dog. You're grateful for your the, the ability to get on Wi-Fi. You're grateful for the food in your refrigerator, whatever. And when we can get back to those basic things, then we can then build upon it and grow and grow and grow. And now we do journaling pages about gratitude. And we teach people how to just build upon it and start small. And, you know, as they progress and as they, it becomes easier for them to do something basic like that, then we're going to add in a little bit more. Like, can we encourage them to start looking at the idea of stillness, meditation, downtime, quiet time, going outside with your dog instead of being on your phone 
and being present and, and mimicking, and this is something that I actually did, mimicking what your dog does. I mean, children and animals are the best teachers because they are so present and they are, their minds have not been exposed to the stuff that we have, right? Mm -hmm. So they're like, they're like, they're just taking it all in. And it, it, if you look at an animal when they go outside, they lift their nose and they sniff the air and they hear the birds and they, they feel the wind and they, they just are present. And so I actually did this and I, I mimicked my dog and I said, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to leave my phone. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just mimic her behavior. And I did. And it was the most incredible experience for 15 minutes to go, wow, I've been coming out here scrolling or trying to do a post or whatever on my phone. Meanwhile, my dog is like, I just am so grateful to be outside and to yeah. be here and to be living and to be whatever. And that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such basic stuff that people were just missing because we're so in the doing. Mm -hmm. We're in the doing of things that we're not in the being mm -hmm. of it, right? And so that's where we start. And I mean, it's just basic stuff and teaching people presence, mindfulness, you know, and gratitude and, and then building upon that. And then we have a whole program that goes a little deeper into you know, breaking limiting beliefs and, and, you know, literally rewiring the mind. And, and that's, that's down the road. Yeah. Um, but someone has to be open. I mean, they have to be open to wanting to change and they have to be willing to put the time in and the effort in, you know, right. to do well, it. It's, it's interesting. Cause they, like you said, um, you know, when, in the, in the addiction world, um, and I'm not correcting you, but it's something that I've done with parents because they you know, talk about finding the bottom and I tell parents they can't use that term anymore. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because we always think that somebody's found their bottom when they, we find out that that's not their bottom. So parents want to swoop in and rescue them when they think they found their bottom. And so this is the time I can take them to recovery. This is now a time out, get out, let them discover where, when they're ready to change. Yeah. It may not be a bottom. It just, like you said, yeah. when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of ch of or, uh, of change, yeah, yep. and then you make the change, and you know a lot of times I know personally a lot of times I've been um, change has chosen me, mm -hmm. right? And I uh, one of my favorite sayings is uh, something I read in the I Ching is is adversity teaches us um, the lessons we wouldn't want to teach ourselves. Yep, and I think that's really powerful because we don't choose adversity. And we don't choose to change until adversity says, dude, guess what? You're in a crappy place and you have no choice. It's like, oh, I lost my job. My wife dumped me, whatever it is, you know. Then we say, oh, I guess I have to change my life. Um, but it's interesting that we can we can stay stuck in our in our misery. Mm -hmm. And I just I always think it's like we're stewing. We're stewing in a pot of misery and we're going, oh, you know, I'm not doing that. And Brandon said that last week. I don't know if you guys remember, but Brandon um, talking about recovery, it's I'd rather stay, even though I'm not happy. Yep. And even though it's not what I want, I'd rather stay in, uh, I, it's easier to stay in, in active addiction than to embrace recovery because I don't know what reco where recovery is going to lead and I know it's work and I know I know the devil that I know, but I don't yep. know the devil that I don't. Yep. And it's so amazing that people can choose to be stuck. Well, it's your subconscious mind. Yeah. You know, it's your subconscious mind is is job is to keep you quote unquote safe yeah. and what's familiar and what's comfortable. And even if it's chaotic and it's a it's not where you want to be and you know that it's not the best place for you, your subconscious mind's job is to keep you there because out there, growth, 
out of the comfort zone, newness, change, the uncertain, that's all scary. Right. That's that's scary. So the subconscious mind goes, no, 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 wait, come back, come back, come back to where you know, even though this isn't really good for you, it's what you've programmed us to, to believe that you want. And we, you and know, we over had, and over again. And we, and the only thing that's going to force us to change, well, not the only thing, but it's something that usually forces us to change is the, the dream of an outcome or dream of an expectation. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have the belief that that is possible, then we'll stay stuck in what is already possible, which is nothing. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm stuck. But and I think it's so cool the work that you do, and and you know anybody that's in the work of really helping people move in a new direction, right? Is like allowing people to borrow that belief from you. And I think I hear this all the time. People will say, "Well, you have to have belief in yourself." Well, you know, yeah, ultimately you do, but until you do, like borrow the belief of someone else and that's something that I had for a long time I was so I know I came from a you know I chose not to finish college I thought I would never be successful I thought I was you know I'm a loser I'm never going to do anything great in the world because I don't have this college degree and it was some when someone told me and someone poured belief in me that I was able to see this vision this light this this wow this person really believes I can do something I had to borrow that belief long enough until I had my own Mm -hmm. and I think in the work you do too it's like you are the source of inspiration and belief for people before they have it for themselves Mm -hmm. you know and I just think that's such a beautiful thing in this type of work where your 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 mission is to move people in a new direction to help people step into who they're meant to be and transform into who they're supposed to be and and, it's, and awesome. it's interesting because when you know people would say that I want to be I want to be someday I want to be where you are and you know what I did was I usually I didn't intend to but I realized now by my words and my behaviors I I, I poured um, one of Elisa's favorite words with me I poured work on it I said you have no idea how much work is involved of course and I you know I pissed on their dream by making it sound difficult and now it's like okay so then let's talk about the first step you know instead of talking about the long journey because the long journey scares the shit out of everybody yeah but the idea being and you and I'm hearing this in your words too the idea being okay so let's talk about what you need to do next mm-hmm. and even if it's a teeny tiny step and if they go well where's that going to lead or how's that work so it leads to the next step yep. but we need we, we need to move into this space and allow yourself to feel the next step, this first step in order for you to find confidence in taking the next one and when you do that then they then they say okay is that how you did it yeah it's you know I stepped into a bike ride had no idea what was going to happen and here I am, mm-hmm. you know, my life is like, a, like just, you know, momentum and craziness and all that stuff. But I allowed myself to step in that space, that one step in that space of kind of like courageous unknown yep. and in hope and belief that it was going to be different. And it allowed me to go. And then so now, so instead of going, oh my God, yeah, I have no idea how much work I've done. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, but so you know, I, I like that. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that, the saying, which is kind of thrown around all the time, but it's just like, just take the first step, right? You don't need to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. Well, it sounds kind of like whatever people say it all the time. But if you really think about it, like what you just said, it's when you take the first step, the next step will be revealed to you. When you and take it's time. the first step, exactly, and you'll know. I mean, you you don't know what you don't know until you know it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And when you know it, then you become empowered to just continue to grow and move and know that. And then you begin to trust the process that I don't know what's coming and I don't need to know what or how, but I do know why. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to trust and believe. Have you know, have faith in the process, knowing that 
whatever comes my way, it's it's my path, right? And it's like like you were talking about earlier, the obstacles in the I can't remember what you what word you used, um, but just just life happening when we we're talking about life happening to you instead of for you, and realizing that when things happen, quote unquote, to you, like you know, a challenge comes your way, an obstacle comes your way, looking at it, hey, this is happening. I know that this is happening for me because I believe in that. So how can I look at this as a gift? Mm -hmm. How can I look look at this as a lesson of some kind that's going to move me forward in the direction that I want to go? And when you change that lens, it's absolutely incredible because you you then end up seeing every single thing that comes your way as a gift. Mm -hmm. And and you're all, you're just waiting to find out what is, what's hidden in here. It's kind of fun. It's like that curiosity of like, this sucks. (laughs) This is a really shitty situation, but I know there's something beautiful here. Mm Mm-hmm wrapped inside and you can be in the kind of curiosity of that and then when it's revealed to you all of a sudden you have this aha moment of like wow you know that I, was a gift i had um it's pretty funny that you share that and i'm probably butchered this quote because it's been so long since i used to use it but i used to use um a quote one of my friends made me write it down so i tried to remember it but i used to say this is not the trip i signed up for <laughs> But this is the journey that's been designed specifically for me, and I need to embrace the lessons of it so that I can share it with others. The you know the experiences with others. Absolutely. And that's what you just said. It's uh, and it's so true. Is that we're all on our. It's our journey. This is my journey. You're on your journey. Everybody in this room is on their own special journey. And if I try to take your journey, it's not. It's not my journey. But along the way, you're going to learn things and experience things that you're going to share the inspiration and the lessons and the experiences of with me to inspire me on mine. Yeah. And vice versa. And that's why, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I want to be like you. No, I want to be like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to learn how to celebrate things the way you celebrate them, but on my journey. Yep. Not celebrate things with you on your journey, which is nice to do, but it's still not my journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it's important to, to share that because so many people, especially in the age of social media and all the people we see now, we get to see everybody succeeding. We get to see everybody rising to the top. So we think, right? So we think. So we think. Um, and, you know, there's a whole other conversation about like look versus feel that I could go on that's all about like, hey, it's not always what it looks like. Like, how does it feel behind the scenes, right? But, um, and I just lost my train of thought where I was going with that. But, um, I don't even remember what I was going to say, but the whole social media thing, the the age of social media, I think, has us just being in the pursuit of just what other people are doing, right? Like, oh, well, this person wrote a book and then they did this. Like, you just did a book, right? So, oh, now I want to be like this and I want to have this program and I want to launch this thing and I want to have this business and I want to, and they're in the pursuit of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and not realizing that you're never going to be like that person that you're trying to follow. You're never going to accomplish exactly what they did and you're never going to do it exactly the way they did it. Why? Because you have your own journey and your own path and your own set of lessons and your own set of awakenings and your own set of challenges and all of that that you're meant to go through in order to become who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because we all have individual gifts, right? We all have a different different music to share. And I think in the age of social media, this is where I was getting at is that we oftentimes we look to people and I've done this myself where I'm like you put someone on a pedestal and you think wow that's the ultimate of like in what I want to do like that's it not realizing that that's not your path you can be inspired and great get great ideas and it can help move you in the direction that you want to go but when you think that you have to do it the way they did it or follow the exact path that they did it's like you're setting yourself up for major disappointment because you have your own path and you're going to have completely different 
challenges and roadblocks and lessons that come your way because you're meant to do it mm-hmm. the way it was meant for you. Right. And you know? in, in your in your journey, how you got to that spot where you wanted to do something is filled with a whole different set of experiences in your toolkit and, yes. and skills and talents and stuff like that. Yep. So, Absolutely. When you, um, you know, because I hear, I hear this, you know, in me, the word I would use, the way you describe your, your um, you know, transformational coaching or teaching, whatever, sounds to me like you're well, a big part of what you do is uh, almost like a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, people say this is the trip I want to take and you help them navigate this trip based on your experience. So you don't say you have to go to this city and this city and this city, but here's some of the things you need to consider along your way. I mean, how does that all work in, in a general sense? I mean, do you, do you create a clear map or do you guys kind of like give them um, homework assignments? I mean, how, how, tell me a little bit about yeah. process. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, there, there's not a one size fits all, right? I mean, transformational living is, is our business. And, you know, we combine that in with we have a network marketing business and they really blend very nicely together because it's all about holistic wellness. It's all about moving people in a new direction with their life in health, business, everything. Right. And so really, it's a matter of like, what are we being presented with in this person and where are they at? And in other words, meeting them where they're at. We have guidelines and we have tools and we have a system but you cannot plug everybody into the same system right so you have to be willing and I think that's what makes a good coach is somebody that's willing to say okay I'm not just going to look at the chart and say oh this person presents this thing so I'm going to do this because not everybody like I said is a one-size-fits-all and you can't try to plug people into something that is not for them and so what we really try to do is meet people where they're at, learn about what they need and understand what they need, knowing that there are some basic principles. And the basic principles are, you know, we believe mindset's the foundation. There has to be a mindset component, changing habits, looking at your mindset, working on yourself, inner work, spiritual work, all of that stuff. We know that that's going to be part of the program at some level. And then we know that moving your body is absolutely essential, right? So whether someone's ready to go into the gym or they want to do yoga or they want to ride a bike or they want to do whatever their thing is, we know that fitness exercise is going to be a component at some level at some point, Mm -hmm. right? And then same thing goes with nutrition. We know and we believe wholeheartedly that every single thing we put into our body affects how we show up in life, our mood, our energy, our sleep, our relationships, our communication, everything. So for us, so these those are the three kind of like, those things need to be there and how they're implemented is going to depend upon how that person presents to us. Mm-hmm. And we say, okay, look, like here's an example with our network marketing business. Not everybody is going to utilize the products that we utilize. We absolutely swear by them and we believe in them wholeheartedly, but it's not a fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if we were to sit there and say, well, this is our program, so this is what we're doing or you're not doing it. No, it's, it's, is this a good fit for this person? If it's not, then let's do this. Right. right. And, same thing with the gym. Chris and I love going to the gym. We love working out. We love lifting weights. But if we say to someone, you have to do it this way, do you think they're going to follow the program if they don't want to do that? Do no. you think they're going to follow the program if they would rather do yoga and maybe Pilates or whatever it is that they enjoy? So it's really about understanding people, asking questions, getting to know who is this person and how can I best guide them? Because it's not about me and my program. It's about you and your transformation. 
you know, and I mean, Chris just joined us. Hey, babe. Hey, hey Chris. <laughs> he going? was, you guys. Yeah, Chris. Chris wasn't being quiet. Chris was not being present until he hit, he had a he had a client issue to deal with. So we're happy. That's to have issue. That's not like even an awesomeness. Issue. That's I, like I, great. I, I apologize for being. Don't late. apologize. No, <laughs> no there's. A, we don't know, apologize. On the I just show. I just learned a lot. Actually, this is a judgment free zone. Anyway, so you can apologize all you want. Well, thank but no, you. Doesn't matter. Gonna worry about it. This is just how he rolls. He puts his client. I mean, always clients. Are you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm working with a doctor who's who's uh, who's caring for one of my clients, and so I want to work with him, and, yeah. and we want to work together because in the end, the goal is to help the client have better health. Yeah. And so, you know, he he's an expert in what he does, and when it comes to the exercise part, and in some ways, nutrition part, I'm I'm more of an not more of an expert, but that's my strength. Mm-hmm. You know. So hey, that, you're in, you can call yourself an expert, babe. Well, you're not really. Well, regardless, that's your contribution to the whole right. to the scope. Absolutely, of the, that's how I could best help her, and yeah. I know what she wants to accomplish. And so I'm taking what he's saying she needs to do for her health, and I'm saying, okay, we we can do that. We have to just do it this way because if if your goal at the end of the day is to lean out, then we have to consider energy balance because mm-hmm. it does matter. So we can't just say eat more fat, you know, less carbs, and you know, moderate protein. Because if you still eat 5,000 calories of that and your BMR is 1,500, you're going to gain weight. <laughs> that's right. So we have to factor all that in. And you know, that's, that's what the conversation was about. Yeah, I just don't know. I was on the potato chip diet for a while. That, that's a great <laughs> diet to be on. It was a great diet. It's it was water and potato chips. <laughs> but then there, I got so thirsty that it was Coke and potato chips. And, and then the next thing you know, it was all, all, I understand. all hell broke. That'll set you up to have an epic transformation. <laughs> yeah, in the, yeah, in the other way. Absolutely. That's right. But, you know, they, somebody offered to put Goodyear on my side. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, how you doing, man? Great, man. Thanks for joining yeah, us, regardless absolutely. of when when you joined us. We I were we were um, just in the uh, um, Lisa was just kind of navigating the um, transformation roadmap, and I loved the way she explained it. it. Says, you know, one size doesn't fit all. Yeah. Everyone has a different concept or idea of what they want their transformation yeah. and, to be about. And because you know what works for you doesn't necessarily mean that what you know works for you is going to automatically Absolutely. work for them yep. in the same way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have – I loved it. You had uh, mindfulness, which is kind of like this, the, way, the way you talk to yourself, the way you execute, mm-hmm. believe in yourself. Um, it's uh, the exercise. I love the way – you didn't say exercise. The first time you said it was even more powerful. Body movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you th- and, and, and I, I learned this a while ago from somebody else and I realized, you know, when I when I uh, um, I grew up swimming, I was a competitive swimmer. Actually, you wouldn't look at this body and think I was ever a great competitive swimmer, but I was nationally ranked in everything. I can believe it. But, you know, um, everything that I do is in cadence yeah. mm-hmm. and it's in cadence to the way I swam. It's stroke, stroke, breathe, stroke, stroke, breathe. Mm-hmm. Then I was running. It was like clop, clop, breathe, clop. And so I got into this rhythm when I ran and now I'm finding myself when I'm cycling, it's the same thing, whether I'm going uphill yeah. or downhill, there's a cadence. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, when your body gets into its rhythm, it affects your mind and it affects you know all the other stuff it, it's it's your body being in sync and Absolutely. so uh, when you talked about body in motion i'm thinking about that so oh, mm-hmm. wonder how many people realize that piece and then the last piece was um was uh, um nutrition but yeah. it was more important is the what are you putting in the tank Absolutely. and how it affects everything it's cuz it's not just it's not just food and weight right 
It's, you know, are you putting in diesel fuel? Are you mm-hmm. putting in jet fuel? Are you putting in something that burns efficiently for who you are? Are right. you putting something that burns inefficiently for who you are? Right. So, um, again, these are, I, I love, I've asked uh, Lisa several how questions. I'm going to hit you with the same how question is, okay, um, the how thing is, is that you're interrupting people's thinking. And I know that they say, I want to do it. We've talked about this a couple of times, but I'm sure that you get, um, you referred to, you know, in a very passive sort of way, you know, popular diets. I'm on the elf diet, by the way. I'm on the, which is <laughs> eat, less eat less food and it works. It does work. It's energy, fact, it, at the end of the day, it's energy balance. Really. It is perfect. You it know? work. And I have, have, you know, I can ride for three hours yeah. in my bike and I don't have to worry about anything else other than what are my calories and am I eating mm-hmm. calories that work for me from an efficiency point of view. Mm-hmm. So I can eat potato chips. I can eat 2000 calories of potato chips. The bike ride tomorrow is going to suck. Right. But I can do it. Yes. You know, and I probably won't gain weight, but I'm not going to feel good riding my bike. No. Yeah. But the idea being, so how do you how do you navigate um, again uh, resistant reluctance or you know the popular mantra of the day? <clears throat> well, I always go back to people's goals. I mean, if, if, um, and, and as far as you mean, as far as steering them away from. Yeah, like I show up to you. And, yeah, I show up to you and say, you know, the buzzword diet, man. I'm really, you know, my buddy. I, so here, and I tried. I really like it. Yeah, and, there's a lot of different diets out there that work. Okay. Well, like my son said, with recovery, all yeah. programs work and no program work. The one that works is the one I work. Exactly. And so the, here's the other thing: with all the ones that work, there most of there's there's the ketogenic diet. You know, there's the Mediterranean diet. There's all these different ones. They all work. But some, like I, in my in my experience and from what I know. The ketogenic diet is not sustainable, so I don't. You know, it has a purpose and it can be useful. It's a tool, and all those things are tools. And number one, tools don't work unless you use them. And the mindset comes in with people using them because you could have, you can give someone the best lifting program, the best exercise program in the world that exists if you come up with it, and the best nutrition program in the world that exists. You can give it to them, but if they don't do it, it's not going to work. Even more than that. Most things that do work don't work forever because your body is always trying to find a homeostasis, right? That goes with exercise and nutrition and even mindset. So some, as far as mindset, I found this out more recently in listening to different meditations. So I'll listen to a, you know, Abraham Hicks or, or, uh, or Wayne Dyer, and I'll listen to the same thing over and over again. And after a while, it, it's just not hitting me anymore. And one morning, and I, I was actually very – standoffish there was something about abraham hicks that i heard one time that didn't resonate with me and lisa tried to play me something I'm like yeah she's kind of loud i don't really want to you know and then i one morning woke up and i scrolled through youtube and it was the one of the first things that popped up was her one of her videos and i hit it and then i'm like all of a sudden it resonated mm-hmm. and i was ready to hear it you were you heard it in a different way i was open to hearing yeah. it and and it made sense and then i started listening to all her stuff and so you know that goes back to most things that work won't work forever. So I go back and forth between as far as, you know, people like that. I listen to Wayne Dyer, Tony Robbins, Abraham Hicks, and different meditations. So there's meditations, you know, that work on mindfulness. Then there's meditations that work on your pineal gland that, that's supposed to awaken the pineal gland. And so I kind of mix up different ones just to see how they work. And how it, how it affects me. So I like to switch that up because, like I said, you have to mix up things that's at a point because things that you do all the time become less effective. So 
So how do you guide people through the, the on the diet side or on the <clears throat> nutrition side? Things things don't work forever. So then, how do we? I mean, you're really good at this coaching, the nutritional coaching side at what you do. So how do you guide someone who, when they get to a plateau and they say, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. Well, right? is, is it not working or is it not being applied? So it really depends. And mm. if, if it's a resistance on the, on the part of the person. So everybody has uh, limiting beliefs. Uh, like someone, you know, like let's say a person, I want to lose 50 pounds or whatever. And it's not just weight. Let's say a person's goal is they're on all these medications. They're on, they don't feel well. They might be, you know, uh, pre-diabetic and they, and they need to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds you know you have to look at um where am i going with this sorry i don't know well actually what's funny is we just touched on this like a few minutes oh, ago basically what it is, <laughs> is 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 resistance so people will will, will say they want to do something but they they'll their their subconscious mind will present them with justifications for why they can't obstacles change their habits i can't do that because i like this in the morning Mm -hmm. you know well is doing what you've been doing in the morning going to get you to where you want to go is it working is it working working for for you you? is it working for you so if it's not working for you then you know i mean you have to recognize that objection or that resistance that you're putting forth as just that it's a judgment it's a thought it's a belief it's not necessarily a fact and it's one that you have to kind of reconsider mm-hmm. and you have to come up with new beliefs and new new goals mm-hmm. you know we That's, were just talking about this yeah, in the car I about I, I, got, I lost track of what i was saying <laughs> no it's i mean it's an awesome topic i mean it's it's talking about this in the car about how people want what they see that you've done they want so here's the here's the saying they want what you have but they're not willing to do what you did right and that's what we come up against a lot is well, well right. I want to do what you're doing I love your program I love what you do so but I don't want to do the work right so we try to help people to understand that what what that is is a block mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it's a just a it's a way for them to justify their immobilize uh, them being immobilized in one way mm-hmm. okay whether it's health depression whatever it is or, or whatever it is they, they they they're using that to justify why they are the way they are and they don't want to change but they have this goal right so we have to get them to to basically push that aside yeah because you can't you can't navigate around it you right. really need to move it exactly yeah yep. they, what they are saying how can i navigate around right. the things mm-hmm. that i want right. to hold on to yep one of the best videos you had coming up um, just recently was about taking action now before the holidays start. Yeah. I thought it was such a great line. Yep. Like most people think about the holidays right now, what they're going to wear, but they don't think about what they're putting in their mouth, which I think is a great thing to start right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend, because we only have one minute, to go online, check out some of the videos that both of you have put out there. We'll share some of them, too, on our page. But it is, you're going to have to come back. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's (laughs) your show too. But um, it's definitely a subject that right now would be a huge thing to take on. And before the holidays. Get that momentum going now because it's not going to happen during the holidays. I've seen every year. It starts with Halloween. Halloween is coming up. It's like candy. Then people all just do it after. It's all on sale, too. It's not fair. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And one of the beautiful things that Lisa said today, I'm going to leave everybody with this one, is borrow the belief. Mm -hmm. I thought that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And just have a fantastic time. Reach out to people. Talk to the people you know. And just stay on the path. And one pedal at a time. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.